This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to look with me into the New Testament this morning, Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. We've been looking at this subject uh, in recent weeks, God's truth for your trouble. And uh, I want us to look together at this passage of Scripture because here we find in this passage a a woman uh, who had trouble. Now her trouble that we're uh, going to see in this passage uh, was not uh, necessarily the trouble uh, that we might think of uh, as, as we've talked about the troubles of life. But her trouble is the kind of trouble that is the everyday trouble that comes to us. It's the everyday things that seem to occupy us and eventually if we're not uh, as God's people in tune with the Lord and in fellowship and communion with Him, eventually these things can rob us if we allow them to of our joy and uh, our fellowship with the Lord. And uh, that is a great danger for all of us. You know, it is, so, it is such a, a temptation and such a, a, a tendency uh, for all of us who know the Lord and are faithful uh, to His house uh, to get routine and just do what we do because it's what we do. And somewhere in the middle of it, it occurs to us that we have forgotten why it is we're doing what we do. And we've forgotten who it is for that we do what we do. And that is a temptation and a tendency of all of us, including your pastor, as we deal with the troubles of life and the cares of life and the interruptions that come to our day, uh, there's a great temptation. And may the Lord help us to learn some things here. And I'm praying that God will speak, number one, to me. And secondly, I'm praying that He'll speak to you. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38, the Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went that He, that's Jesus, He and His disciples are on their journey. And as as they went, He entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received Him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. 
I want you to notice the words of the Lord Jesus that we find in verse number 41 when he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. I want to speak to you on this subject this morning, careful and troubled about many things, many things. And I want us to see three things here as we look at them. First of all, I want us to see Martha. And how do we find her? We find her fretting. So you could call her fretting Martha. And uh, I, I th when I think about fretting Martha, I, I think about fretting Pastor Hooks and fretting Father and fretting man. And uh, I hope that when you think about Martha, maybe instead of identifying who you think Martha is, won't you start in the mirror? And the Bible tells us that the Word of God is like a mirror for us. And we look into the perfect law of liberty. And so God wants to speak uh, not to you today about somebody else's need, although uh, I'm sure someone else will need it. But God wants to speak to you today about your need. And may the Lord help us as we look at this. We see, number one, Martha, and she's fretting. Uh, we, we, we read these words, and, and we, we, we see that the Lord Jesus, in verse number 38, He entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Can I tell you that when we read these words, we understand that the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he did not just happen upon this village. He did not just happen to come across Martha and her path. Do you see the Bible teaches us that the Lord has known us since the foundation of the world. Uh, the Lord Jesus uh, he, he knows you and I. I. I think about that woman at the well uh, that he was going to meet that day, that Samaritan woman who had been living uh, with a man and she had four husbands or maybe it was five previously to that. And uh, she could not find peace and contentment. She could not find love. She could not find security. And so the Lord Jesus, he already knew her, though she had never met him. He knew her. And, and he was going uh, to the north, to Galilee from Jerusalem. And the Bible said he must needs go through Samaria. That's, that's not necessarily because that was the convenient route. That's not because there was a four-lane highway that goes through there. That was a difficult, treacherous trail for him uh, to walk. But he wanted to go through Samaria. Why did he want to get there? He wanted to get there, and he got there just at the right time because he knew that's where she was going to be. And I'm glad to know that God looked down throughout all of eternity past up until the time that you and I came into this earth and into this world. And he came here so that you and I might know him as Savior. Aren't you glad that Jesus passed by your way? And here we find that the Lord Jesus comes into this certain village and into this certain place where this certain lady named Martha is. And we find here that Martha did something wonderful. Uh, notice, if you would, in our text, Martha received him into her house. Imagine that. The Lord Jesus Christ has walked into your town, 
walked through your neighborhood and uh, you've met him and you have now invited the Lord of the universe, the God of all the ages. You have invited him into your home and he is obliged to come in and be your guest. What a wonderful thing. But let me tell you something that's even better than that. That the eternal God of this universe has come by your way. And he not only wants to come into your residence, but he wants to come into your heart. And he wants to be the savior of your life. And the Bible tells us that he dwells within us and we within him. What a wonderful thing to know that the Lord Jesus Christ resides. He dwells within you and I and that the person of the Holy Spirit imparts to us the glorious life of Christ and he tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I remember when I was a boy, my, I called him my uncle uh, Jim. He was a policeman in Detroit. He was my grandfather, Ralph. He was uh, Ralph's nephew. And uh, he's about a little younger than my mother, I think. But I always thought of him as my uncle rather than my, I think, second or third cousin. And uh, he was an interesting guy, uh, Jim. And he's, he's still living and, and, and he's in a good church up in the Detroit area. He would come and he would tell us all of these stories about being a policeman in Detroit. And man, I, I can remember just listening to those stories. And he, he brought a billy club and gave me a billy club one time. And that was probably a dangerous thing for me to have. And uh, I remember taking that billy club and chasing my cousin across the yard. And he was running from me. And I'd seen an episode on a policeman's, on a police show. I can't remember which one it was. But I'd seen an episode where a policeman took the billy club and he just lightly tossed it into the path of the, the person that was running from him. And the guy got it tangled in his feet and he fell. And I thought, well, that's a good way to catch my cousin. So I took the billy club and believe it or not, it worked out perfectly. I threw it just under his knees. It got intertwined in his feet and he fell over. I'm telling you what. And it was all Uncle Jim's fault. I enjoyed being with Uncle Jim. He was a guest at my grandparents' house. But when he left and went back to Detroit, I was sad. I was glad that he came, but I was sad that he went. Can I tell you that Jesus, when he comes, he doesn't leave. He comes to stay. And friend, I want to tell you that if you know the Lord Jesus, he resides in you today. What a glorious thought. And here Martha has received him. Have you received him? Have you by faith received the Lord Jesus? Have you acknowledged that he is the son of God? The savior of the world? Have you acknowledged that you are a sinner? And have you confessed to him your sin and said, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Be my savior. I believe on you. You are my only hope. And I'm putting my faith and trust in you. And she received him and he came in to her house. Now, I want you to see that Martha was a great hostess. In fact, the word Martha literally means mistress of the household. Uh, we don't read that Martha was married. We, we don't read that uh, 
She had any children? We only read about her relationship with her sister and her brother and with her Lord. And so uh, we, we might assume from that that she was not a married woman. We might also assume from this story and, and what her name reveals is that she was sort of the leader of the family. She was uh, the kind of lady who had a sense of responsibility. Uh, she didn't have her head in the clouds. She had her feet on the ground and, and she understood what had to be done. And, and she was willing to do it and she did it. And that's noble, isn't it? That's noble. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, has come now within her roof. And maybe she had seen a post on Instagram where he had been in another village and uh, a lady had prepared a really nice table and a, and a beautiful home. And, and maybe that pressure was on her. I, she thought, well, wait a minute. If sister so-and-so in the other village uh, put on such a spread, then I've got to get a few selfies here and I've got to take pictures of my home. You see, there are a lot of pressures we put on ourselves today. A lot of pressures that we place upon ourselves. And here's this woman who has the Son of God in her home, and she is concerned, and rightfully so, about taking care of Him. The Bible tells us in verse 39 that she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. We get the picture here that now the Lord Jesus has come into the house, and I imagine they welcomed Him. And uh, he is maybe sitting at the table. Perhaps he's sitting in the living room. Uh, we don't know exactly where he's seated, and, but here's what we know. We know that wherever he is, Mary's sitting in front of him. She's sitting in front of him. And what do we find Martha doing? While Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, hearing his word, she's engaged in conversation with him. In verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered <clears throat> about much serving. Uh, here's Martha. She's trying to get the kitchen clean. She's, I don't think she had children, but let's imagine she's saying to the kids, you didn't make your bed. You didn't, you didn't fold your laundry. I wish I had time to run the vacuum. I didn't go to the store. I don't have the right recipe and the right ingredients. And all of these thoughts are occupying her mind while the Lord Jesus Christ perhaps sits at the table or perhaps is in the next room. And while the Son of God is in her house, all she can think about is what's wrong and what the problems are and what she's got to do and she forgets what it's really all about. And the Lord Jesus speaks to her and he said, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Now, I don't know the circumstances of your life today I don't know what you're dealing with, but I, I, can, I can take the circumstances of my life and I can easily, readily identify with Martha. 
I don't think that Martha planned for Jesus to come that day. We have no indication that she had that planned. But let me tell you that Jesus had it planned. And let me tell you how long he had it on his appointment book. Throughout all eternity past. And see, it may have been an interruption to her day. But it was a divinely appointed interruption. And what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn, and I hope that you're trying to learn this, is that the interruptions which come to us are divinely appointed oftentimes. It is God working to involve himself in our lives. Because we get in such a routine and such a regimen that if we're not careful, we don't need Jesus. Because we got it all figured out. And see, Martha has Jesus in her home. I have Jesus in my heart. He's my Savior. And I can get so busy, and you can get so busy in all the things that you have to get done. That he looks at us and he says, you're careful. You're troubled. That word careful means you're anxious. You just, you're worried. You're fretful. You're fearful. You, you can't enjoy my presence, he would say. You, you, you can't enjoy the company of your family. You can't enjoy this once in a lifetime opportunity for me to sit at your, in your home and for you to sit at my feet. You can't enjoy this once in a lifetime opportunity to spend time with me. Because you're careful and you're troubled about many things. The Bible said she was cumbered about much serving. That word cumbered means she was occupied. That means she was distracted. And many things were taking place working in her mind and her heart. And many things are working in our minds and hearts. We, we have a hard time. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. We have a hard time coming to church and just getting our mind on the Lord and worshiping Him. We have a hard time listening to... A, 30-minute sermon, give or take 15. <laughs> we have a hard time with that. Our minds are occupied. We get distracted. We have a hard time when we enter into our prayer closet. I have a hard time when we get the Bible open. So I'm going to try to read my reading today. Somebody will text us. Somebody will call us. Somebody will knock on the door. Something inevitably will happen. The dog will bite somebody. Somebody, some, one of your kids will pull the other kid's hair. Something inevitably will happen to us to distract us if we allow those distractions to pull us away from fellowship with the Lord. And this is what's happening in Martha's life. She's serving God. What a noble thing. She's serving the Son of God. 
but she is fretting about it. This divine interruption has come to her life and she's cumbered about with much serving. Now I want you to notice something about her while she's fretting. She develops the wrong attitudes. Fretting people get the wrong attitudes. Notice, first of all, she developed the wrong attitude about her service. The Bible said Martha was cumbered about much serving. The serving Jesus became, uh, it, it wasn't a delight to her at that point. It was, a, it was a drudgery. Oh, man. You mean Conquer Club starting back in a month? Are you kidding me? You mean I got nursery tonight? Are you kidding me? We got choir practice again. I got to study for my Sunday school lesson. Visitation? You see, there are things that we once did with joy and because we become careful and troubled about many things, we've just kind of now we just have to make ourselves do it and we endure it. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with enduring and making yourself do some things. That's called duty and responsibility. And let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned that God will bless that. And God often refreshes you in the midst of it. But what happens to Martha's is they begin to develop wrong attitudes. And she's developed the wrong attitude about her service. Instead of taking joy in it, instead of, uh, of uh, being used of God and thankful for the opportunity to be used of God, to serve a meal to the Son of God, instead of taking joy and delight in that, it becomes a drudgery. She has developed the wrong attitude about her service. Then she develops the wrong attitude about her Savior. Notice in verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him, that's to Jesus. She interrupted the talk. You know, they're in there having the devotions and she interrupted it. And this is what she said to him. Uh, dost thou, Lord, dost thou not care? Dost thou not care? I mean, here I am in the kitchen and here I've got the charge of the house. And yeah, there's old Mary, you know, Mary with her head in the clouds. And, and who knows where our brother is. But uh, I'm always the one having to take care of everything. And I'm always the one having to get things in order. And Lord, don't you care? I mean, can't anything work out for me? Isn't there any time for me? Isn't there a break for me? You ever get that way? Lord, don't you care? I mean, everybody else is happy. I'm not. Everybody else is having a good time. I'm not. <laughs> and so she develops the wrong attitude. Lord, dost thou not care? Oh, friend, he expressed how much he cared when he came through the village. And he came into her house. And later on, if she'll listen, if she'll listen, she's going to understand. He cares so much, he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he's going to die for her. But she's too busy to listen. She's missing the point. And she's developing the wrong attitude. And then notice... Here's the third thing. She, had, she developed the wrong attitude not only about her service and her Savior, but about her sister. My sister, my sister 
she said, hath left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. So now she's aggravated in her service. She has no pleasure in what she's doing anymore. She's aggravated with her Savior. And she's aggravated with her sister. You know, if she would take up her load, I wouldn't have so much on me. If somebody would help me, if anybody cared, I wouldn't have to deal with this so much. And so here we see Martha, and she's fretting. And oftentimes, when divine interruptions come to our lives, we think the way to remedy it is to get busy and to get active. Just this week, I had a divine interruption. Something that I didn't plan come to me and come to some others. And when those things happen, it, it troubles us, doesn't it? I found that people get upset when their plan doesn't work. I mean, you got a plan and that's your plan and, and that's the way it's going to be and you got it all settled and then boom, something happens to blow your plan apart. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Martha's plan for the day got blown apart. It's a divine interruption. But that divine interruption is a divine appointment. As I said, the Lord, the Lord is trying to get involved in your life. Now, he's already involved. We all know that. And so God has come to her. And this thing is totally unexpected. And she's trying to take care of everything, and she's fretting about it. And then I want us to see, we've seen Martha, careful, troubled about many things. And then we see Mary. And she's not fretting. She's fellowshipping. Notice in verse, uh, verse number... 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Well, this is what you do when you fellowship with the Lord. You sit at his feet and you hear his word. Uh, what we find here is this word, sit at his feet. Of course, uh, literally, I can picture Mary because of what we learn about her. I can picture her literally seated, or seated on the ground or on the floor of the home as Jesus is in the chair. I can see her there looking up into his face like a little child would look up at their teacher at story time. I can see her there while, while Martha is busy and, and huffing and puffing and clanging the dishes and speaking to the servants <clears throat> loudly so that she can get some emphasis across to her lazy sister. 
so she can get the Lord's attention so that he'll do something about it. All I see her doing is looking into the face of Jesus, listening to what he has to say. So she's at fellowship. She's, she's fellowshipping with the Lord. She has, as Jesus said in verse 42, she is doing the one thing that is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. What does that mean? She's chosen the good part. Does that mean that what Martha was doing was the bad part? No. No, what Martha was doing was necessary. It was good. It's commendable. In fact, when the Lord Jesus reproves Martha in this passage, he doesn't reprove her for what she is doing. He reproves her for the fact that in her spirit, she's troubled and anxious and developing a bad attitude. And she's missing the point altogether. But her services is commendable. But what Mary has done is she's not chosen the good over the bad because service is good. And I certainly don't believe that Mary wasn't a servant. But what she's done is she's chosen the best over the good. And you know that the Bible tells us that Mary chose that good part. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me that Martha has a choice and Mary has a choice. And it tells me that I have a choice and you have a choice. And so when things don't work out my way and when things don't work out your way and we find ourselves dealing with something that we didn't expect to deal with. And quite frankly, we don't have time to deal with it. This is bad timing. This is another thing I didn't need. You ever say those things? Another problem? Something else to take care of? Another mess to clean up? Yes. All of those things. How will I respond? Mary chose the good part, the best part. She chose to spend time, that precious time, with Jesus. Why does she want to beat the dishes in the kitchen and, and try to stir the pot? Look, hey, friend, if they're hungry, all he had to do was speak, and they could have always eaten that day. Right? She wanted to hear what he had to say. She wanted to spend time with him. She wanted to hear his word. We've gotten so busy. And by the way, it doesn't have to be things that we don't like. We can get busy doing things that we do like. But we've gotten so busy and so occupied that we can't sit still for two seconds and talk to the Lord Jesus. We can't sit still for two minutes and read the Bible and have a clear mind. And I'm as guilty as any person in this room. This this. This device-driven age that we're in is literally making us spiritually anemic people. Amen. Amen. 
Our minds are so distracted and filled with the things of this world and occupied by the need for something new or some new report or some latest picture or how many likes we have, we've forgotten what it's all about. And we have no time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible tells us in John 11 and verse number 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Sounds like Martha, doesn't it, from what we're learning? Well, it's about time he showed up. Now, I don't know if that was her attitude. But here she is. She's trying to deal with this situation through her action and her activity. But Mary sat still in the house. She sat still. And then we find her again in verse number 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. There we see her again at the feet of Jesus. Now we, we're going to read as we go through the Bible that uh, Mary in John chapter 12, and I think that's the reason for my confusion, John chapter number 12 and beginning in verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So this is after, after, they, after the resurrection of Lazarus, which takes place here in 11, John chapter 11. And there they made him a supper, <laughs> and Martha served. Well, there we find Martha. Thank God she's serving. Amen? But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now notice what happens. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And this he said, not that he cared for the poor, <laughs> but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my bearing has she kept this. Notice that please. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Uh, much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. Uh, we find that the Lord Jesus speaks about this ointment that was, that was poured out. It, it was very costly. It was about a year's salary. And Judas said, well, we could have sold this and gave the money to the poor. But the Bible tells us he didn't care about the poor. He, he, he wanted the money for himself because he was a thief. But here's this woman, Mary, who had sit at the feet of Jesus, as we find in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, who recognized something that not one of the disciples recognized. I'm talking about those 12 men. She had more discernment and more understanding of what he was about to do than any of them. Do you know why? Because she sat at his feet and she heard his word. And because of that, the Lord Jesus will say in another place, she hath wrought a good work 
on me. Now, when we think about workers, we think about Martha. But here we find that Mary is, is working. She has wrought, he says, a good work on me. In other words, the service that he took pleasure in was not the meal that Martha cooked for him and the china and uh, the, the order and, and the decoration and the centerpiece on the table. I mean, that's all very nice, but that's not what he took pleasure in. What he took pleasure in is the heart of this young woman named Mary that understood and perceived what Jesus was trying to tell all of them all along because she had ears to hear. And when her heart was touched, she was so broken and so in love with Jesus, she's willing to give the very best she had to him. And so sure, he accepts the service of Martha, but he delights in the service of Mary. He delights in it. And she has discernment to, to understand what needs to be done in that hour because she has sat at his feet and she has listened to his voice. Do you know Martha missed that opportunity because she's running hither and yon and she's talking about the problems and she's trying to solve them all. But all Mary had to do was sit at his feet, just spend a little time in his presence and all the problems faded away. That's right. All the problems came into perspective because the master of the sea, the one who could walk on the water, the one who could steal the waves and the wind, the one who could say, peace, be still, the one who could get in the boat and the ship would be on the other side, the one who could deliver the demoniac who, had, who could find no help. All he had to do was speak to him. That is the one that she sat at his feet and she heard his word and it worked effectually in her life. Amen. And you see that stream, that stream that's dried up in you and I, it, it just seems like there's just a trickle maybe and there's no joy in what we're doing. I mean, we sing the hymns and we go through the motions. Or we show up to do our job and we go through the motions. Or we try to take care of our kids and clean our house and pay our bills. And we go through the motions of life. And it's just a trickle. Mary learned that when it gets there, you've got to sit at the source of the spring. And let me tell you what happens when you sit there at the source of the spring. That water begins to build up. Eventually, that dam is going to burst. And the joy of the Lord is going to flow through your life and heart. And it's going to flow to others. And that's exactly what's happening in her life. You see, she sat at the feet of Jesus. She received his word. She rested in his word. And she wrought a good work on him. Now I want you to see the last thing. We see Martha, how do we find her? Fretting. We see Mary, how do we find her? Fellowshipping. We see the Master, and how do we find him? Well, at least when it comes to Martha, here's how we find him. Forgotten. He's forgotten. What do you mean he's forgotten? He's sitting right there. What do you mean he's forgotten? She's trying to cook him a meal. <laughs> Oh, hey, listen, he's forgotten. 
Notice again his words in Luke chapter 10. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now, when the Lord says your name, that's, that's mighty powerful, isn't it? Uh, yes. But he says it twice. Uh. Why did he say it twice? Because he wants her attention. I don't think he was stern. I don't think he lifted his voice. I, I don't think he was miffed at her. I, I think he was trying to get her attention. I can almost hear him say it. in a tone that maybe expresses a, uh, an impending rebuke and in a tone that at the same time expresses his loving concern. Martha, Martha, can't you see her running through the house with the dishes? Carest thou not? Get my lazy deadbeat sister. <laughs> And he just says, Martha, Martha. He wants to speak to her. He wants to get her attention. And we hear his reproof. Thou art careful, that's anxious, and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needful. And what is that? What's the one thing that's needful? It's just to hear from Jesus. It's to spend time with him. Hey, it, it's, it's not to get the back-to-school list done. I know that's got to get done. I'm not, I'm not living in the clouds. It, it, it's not to you know, make sure you got all your, everything covered. It, the one thing that is needful, essential, the one thing that you, you can't do without and I can't do without is sitting at the feet of Jesus. <clears throat> One thing is needful. And so he, he gets her attention and he gives her a reproof. And then he desires to remove these temporal things from her life. One thing is needful. Let's cut the list down here. We all have lists. Let's cut it down. One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. In Mark 14, 9, he says, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she, that's Mary, hath done, shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Let me tell you, all the rewards she needed was that Jesus took note of it. That he was pleased by it. That was enough for her. And he thought so much about it. He said, I want everybody that ever reads the Bible to know what this woman has done. Why? Because there is going to be a time when you and I are faced with a choice. And the choice will be, will we be careful and troubled about many things or do we think enough about Jesus to understand that we can't do it without him? We have to sit at his feet and spend time with him and let him speak to us and let those streams uh, be infused again with the water of life that springeth up within us. One thing is needful.
But he said, you're careful and troubled about many things. So we see Martha. Where do, how do we find her? She's fretting. Where do you see yourself? What are you fretting about? What service are you engaged in? You've lost your joy. It's not pleasurable. It's not something you look forward to. You know, when you get like Martha, you're either going to lash out, you're going to flash out, or you're going to cash out. And I've seen all three. Somebody gets mad, they get frustrated, they get angry, and they just... Or they just burn out and they're done. You know, churches are populated with people who used to serve but don't serve anymore. Where do we find that in the Bible? We don't. The problem is we didn't learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. If we learn to sit at the feet of Jesus, we'll have energy, we'll have strength to serve. And that doesn't mean that every program and everything that somebody concocts in their mind, every activity we have to be involved in. No. But it means as we spend time with the Lord Jesus, He is going to work in us and through us, and we will naturally serve Him. As He and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God lead us. But if we don't, we'll flash out. And then so many cash out. I'm through. I'm done. This thing didn't work out for me. The Lord's disappointed me. I'm just, I'm finished with it all. Don't be fretting. Don't develop these wrong attitudes. Learn like Mary to sit at the feet of Jesus. And don't forget the one who it's all about. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.